just the heaviness with my own family's issues, I feel like has really lifted. And it was really a battle for about two weeks for my heart. <laughs> I don't I don't know about them, I don't know where they're at, but just that, that battle for me, it was really uncomfortable, but God's really lifted that and helped me move, move into a good place. Awesome. I forgot to mention, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention two people that need prayer, um, Lorraine with cancer and Gary with a brain tumor. So if you all would um, keep them in your prayers. Okay. All right. And let us know if you hear any changes. What, you know, because I'm sure they're going to be watching it. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So please let us know mm -hmm. if you hear so we'll definitely do that. We'll we'll agree. We'll definitely do that. Keep them on our prayer list. All right. Well, social media family, we thank you once again for joining us for another installment of the Grace, the Power of the Gospel series. Now, we are on lesson five tonight. Lesson five. Now, the subtitle is God's Free Gift. God's Free Gift. So, let's go to Romans 5. Let's start Romans 5. And we're, we're going to spend some time there tonight. Romans 5. And let's start at verse 7 and go down to verse, verse 10. And we'll look at that in New Living Translation. Starting at verse 7, Romans chapter 5 says, Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Now I want us to pay Attention to verse 10. Now I'm going to read verse 10 in the Amplified. It says, For while we, were sent, we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Now, free gift, God's free gift. Now, when you, when you think about a gift, what comes to mind? So I give you a gift. What does that represent? Something you didn't work for. Yeah. What did you say? Something you didn't work for. Oh, okay. Okay. Something you didn't work for. Okay. What else comes to mind? Love. You loved him enough to give it to him. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. All right. So something you didn't have to work for, an expression of love, mm -hmm. right? Okay. 
All right. Now, when we talk about a gift, why does it seem like it's so difficult for us to understand that God's goodness for us, towards us, is a gift? Think of the whole. I mean, even even in natural, we we have problems receiving, especially if it's free. Because we think, okay, if somebody gives me something for free and I ain't got to do nothing for it, then some up. You know, free lunch. Yeah, that's it. Nothing. We have is free. Can't be free. It's got to be some type of hidden agenda or something. You know, something down the line. So we're now in debt to somebody. Right. Exactly. And we don't know when it's gonna hit us. Right. So therefore my antenna's up. Because mm-hmm. I know they say it's free, but it's gonna cost me something. But interestingly enough, kids aren't like that. No. So we've learned it. And that's what makes me think again, we've heard the law book all our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it set up that expectation. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tina mentioned a phrase that, you know, I've heard a lot, you know, there's no free lunch. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's, it's, you know, if somebody giving you something, you best believe it's either them trying to pay you for something they think you've done or to, to put a down payment on mm-hmm. your servitude or gift moving forward because they're going to they're gonna try to call that back, mm-hmm. right? And see, like mm-hmm. Mary said, you know, we are conditioned like that, you know, because a child, you give, give a child something, how do you respond? <laughs> they just, you know, all that, all that other stuff is not there. You just receive and rejoice. But with us, as adults, we 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 skeptics. There's suspicion. It's like it's got to be something behind this. It's not even necessarily the law that just intensifies it. But we know, we know, Satan's going to pull the cord. And we know that in hindsight now. But he's, he doesn't give anything for free, so he tempts you with good things and then slams you with it right afterwards. I think it's also like just the way families and parents set up kind of like a reward system, you know? If you do this, then you'll get that. Mm-hmm. And so That's we're right. used to that. And we're, you know unless you had a extremely unconditionally loving family there there's a lot of conditional love you know and um love withheld at times if you're not doing something that they think you should be doing or not you know doing something wrong so i think it's just from our human experience Now, when Mary said what she did, it kind of, it, it took me back to that scripture where Jesus says, you know, lest you be as a child, 
you can't enter the kingdom of heaven, right? It's like you, us being childlike, and and that there's there's so much in that. How how profound it is, right? Because we we grow into unbelief. We grow into that. But children, you know, you you start off with just a sponge, a blank slate. That inherent, that trusting ability to count, look at their parents or you know caregiver, for for help to have they they have, there's a level of dependence there. So we grow into independence. Now, in the natural, independence is good, right? You don't want 45-year-old adults in your house, depending on your, your, your milk and food and, you know, using up all your power and all that type of stuff, right? But... And they don't clean up behind themselves. Mm. Oh. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Put back some memories. Right. But in the spiritual sense, independence is the enemy. Because the more self sufficient I believe I am, the further I am from his grace. Well, we think that maturity and independence are the same thing, and they're not. Maturity really is learning to be dependent again on him, on the right person, not just depending on anybody. That's good. That's good. I'm looking at my points on my outline. It says, if you accept the fact that God loves sinners, then how much more does he love you now that you're born again? This shows that when Paul was speaking of the gospel being the power of God unto salvation, he was talking about more than just the initial born again experience. Because think about it, you know, for 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 the most part, when we you know, when we're talking about people that are lost. You know, they don't know the Lord, you know, yet there's a understanding that they they need the grace of God in order, you know, to to enter into salvation. There's nothing that they can do to earn it. They just have to trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus for the remission of their sin. You know, and, and all of us had to come to that place of trusting in that, in his finished work in order for us to receive salvation, to be born again. But the issue is what religion will tell us is that, okay, now that you're born again, it's time to get to work. Yeah. Time to get to work, to earn your keep. You're not going to be that 45-year-old sitting in the pew just eating up food and you're not earning your keep in this ministry, in this church, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how flawed is that? Mm 
don't know. It's kind of like I can see both sides of it because if you do just have all those people just sitting there and, you know, taking, 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 right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, how, how does life work, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Tina is speaking in a very practical sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you get born again, you have a community of faith, community of believers, and, you know, if in order for that fellowship to grow and to be a blessing to, you know, the, the people that are there and to the community at large, then there has to be an, an outreach of, and an ability to look beyond your own needs, right? And that takes a level of maturity, right? But the question is, what gets you to that place of maturity? And see, and the thing about it is, it has been taught that the law is going to do that. Me telling you, you need to do X, Y, and Z is going to be, is going to be the catalyst to get you to do the work of the ministry and to bear fruit. But the scripture declares in, in Titus that what? It's the grace of God that teaches us. The more I understand his love for me, the more secure I am in that. I'm free to serve. If I if I really truly have understand what he's done for me, that's gonna compel me to want to be a blessing. Well, a relationship is gonna energize. Mm-hmm. The relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit it really energizes, and you just it, it you can walk into the room discouraged, down, feeling like you can't cope anymore. You spend time with the Lord and His Holy Spirit and His Word, and it just gives you the the energy to go back out and face it again and see it totally differently that you've been supplied with something. So I think the key is, I mean, you have to, and it took me a while to figure this out. I mean, being motivated by love versus guilt. Yes. Because a long time, you know, and, and it, some of it came from the pulpit. Yeah, it was guilt. Mm-hmm. You, like you said, you need to serve. You need to do. You need to witness. You need to, you know, do something. Become part of ministry. This and that, and all that is true. That all that's part of your growth. But if it's your motivation is guilt and condemnation, and making you feel bad and feel like you know you're not doing enough, then it becomes work, and then it becomes. Um, an award system. I'm thinking God is blessing me, award me because how many souls I win, how many things I do this, and how many because I've been in ministry where you know one person in five ministries. Okay, you ain't got time to do all that really. But they feel like okay, the more stuff I get in, the more I'm pleasing God. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm in this ministry and that ministry, and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this. And so, and then a lot of times, you know people body breaks down because they just doing too much mm-hmm. but they're pursuing things and think you know okay this is what God want me to do instead of just saying and I had to learn okay hey, okay become laser focused but what do you want me to do okay if it's one thing then I focus on that one thing and if my heart is at that then okay he's pleased 
is glorified. You know, I don't have to be in this, 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 and this. And then even that one thing, are you doing it motivated by guilt or your motivation love? I think like it's almost I've what I was thinking about was I've had that feeling of people saying things like well you better tell this person about Christ because if you, if you don't tell them about Christ then they might be the one that you know they might be going to hell mm-hmm. almost like this this burden placed upon you like you know what I'm saying Absolutely. and and like I, what I found is telling people about Christ for me has to be like more of an organic thing where like maybe you know you say oh I'm having a health problem or something like that and I say well, can I pray with you and I, I taught that I introduce them that way that like you you can bring this to God you know rather than the five spiritual laws right off the bat I don't know what that means oh okay yeah Roman rule I, I mean there's just there's, oh. there's methods that aren't bad in the Necessarily in themselves, except for that's method, right? And if you, it's as we, I know in, in our church growing up, it was like you followed those methods and everything, uh, click, click, click. Okay. Yeah. Instead of letting the spirit guide you. Right. And, and I think that's what all of this is telling me is, who's the one saving whom? We're not the one saving anybody. We're 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 invited by the Holy Spirit to join with him to share the gospel so he's getting the work done not us we just get to come along for the ride in a sense takes some guts sometimes to step into that ride but it's but it's him doing it not us that's good because for me I know I can tell myself it it was season well okay you minister somebody, you know, you, you want to lead them to Christ, and you share, and they just reject everything. And I, me, I thought, well, I was making by myself. I got well, I got to say the right scripture. Yeah. I got to say the right scripture. So even if they didn't respond when I first met, okay, I'm going back home and find some more scriptures and try to convince them what they need, and then that didn't work. So it was, it was like, okay, you know, let me find this scripture and this scripture and this and that and so just the right scripture would hit them mm-hmm. and then the truth is some people just gonna reject it but I was making it about me well I'm not saying the right thing or I'm not saying the right scripture or I'm not ministering the right way and so I was making it all about myself it's mm-hmm. like okay so I was performing right I was performing didn't really realize but you know you train that way okay and you keep going, you keep going out, you keep going out, and then, and some kid, I got frustrated because wasn't getting through. Mm-hmm. And so then you make it about yourself. It's like, okay, well, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? You know, well, this wouldn't work, let me try this way. And so, and see, you're not getting a response. So, therefore, once again, you make it about yourself. I don't think so. I don't think so. From what you said, it sounds more like you were more um, concerned about the individual and you mm-hmm. were trying really hard to get the scripture that's necessary for, for you know, that's going to, you know, help him or her to see God's will for their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
mean, I know we can overdo, overdo it sometimes because we're right. trying so hard because we want, we don't want the person to go, you know, to hell if we don't know that they know the hour in which we're go- leaving this world. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we do. So, you know, when um, you're sick or something like that, but, you know, um, you may have been thinking like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, witness, mm-hmm. you know, to that individual. Not that you're trying to do it just for you. You're doing it for the person. You know? I feel like there was some self-righteousness. I don't disagree with you, but yeah. I feel like there was some self-righteousness in me that was mixed up in that. But I do agree with you that my intentions were to do that. But I, when I look back, I feel like I was being a little bit self-righteous and, and was making it about myself. Mm. But I did have what you said okay. it was just kind of I think it was a mixture of both mm-hmm. okay. and a lot of times that's what we're dealing with that's it. a lot of mixture mm-hmm. because you you'll have a pure motive you know you don't want to see, we don't want to see folks right. lost and going to hell you don't want to see that mm-hmm. you know and in in our zeal to be used to help that not happen for folks we can get pushed mm-hmm to a place of performance mm-hmm. where we think, you know, it's all about what I can do, yeah. right? And when he mentioned that word guilt, I'm thinking, wow, you know, when, when the motivation for me to do things is guilt, right? Condemnation, guilt, shame, you know, there's gonna be a, play, a, a, a point where I hit the wall because my my strength is I'm pulling from the motivation of negative emotion, negative consequence. That's my motive. I don't, you know, I I, I, I got to do X, Y, Z because. And if that's my motive, then there's gonna come a point where I am just gonna get tired physically tired and emotionally tired and when those two meet that's not a good place to be right so just to look at this point let's go to John 4 and we're going to go into a very familiar place here the woman at the well I'll start at verse 21 and we'll go down to verse 34 yeah I know that's a lot of scripture but I want to build the context here alright so we'll read in New Living Translation it says Jesus replied believe me dear woman the time is coming when It would no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. 25. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. 
when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the, the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Verse 33. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. 34. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Now you see 34. Where did he get his energy? Hmm? Doing the will of God. Because verse 33, the disciples like, Jesus looked full. He looked refreshed. Right? Why? Because he was doing the will of the Father. And it is energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, and when we are being used in ministry in that way, being compelled by the love of God, it doesn't deplete, it energizes. But when we are motivated by guilt, works righteousness, trying to earn, it's the exact opposite. And this is where people, if you talk to folks who have been burnt out in church and have dealt with a lot of church hurt, stuff like this, you're going to see it hitting the wall. That's amazing how it can flip so easily, too. You can start out in such a good place. And I think the biggest um, thing that I would encourage everybody is just keep going back to the Lord and have a time with Him because it's the sheer busyness that that often interferes with the relationship and then you'll get depleted. Yeah. And the, the guilt thing starts now. And I know she's going to always say, guard your heart. That's and, it. And that's yeah. the thing. Um, just like in Matthew 6, 21, it says, for your treasures there, your heart will also be Guarding your heart is, is really close. And sometimes if you, like you were saying earlier, you know, when you're trying to, to just, you know, go after somebody to, to give them the right word or the right scripture, um, make sure your heart's in the right place and not, it's the heart is for them and for what the will of the Father is and not your will. Right. You know, because that can be that close, you know, as it says, it's raised the edge. That's good. So you really have to guard your heart in that area because you don't want to, to be reflecting that it's, a, it's about you. Right. It's for the Father, what you know, what He, what His will for us to do. So, part of what, what kind of what we said earlier, I was thinking of obligation, not not one to do things out of obligation, but a dedication. And that dedication can be so close to that same line of you know, you're dedicated to what and in the in the spirit and everything. So just that's good. Yeah, you know, I was like, wow, that's good. Yeah. So living a life of dedication instead of 
obligation. Right, towing that line. That's real good. Looking back at my outline again, it says, you are not only saved by grace, but you also maintain your relationship with God by grace. This means you are healed by grace, delivered by grace, and prospered by grace. None of the benefits of salvation come to you based on your performance. If you understand how much God loves you, your faith will abound and you'd start seeing the benefits of your salvation manifest more. And, you know, with this, I, you know, just listening to people talk and just their experience with the walk with the Lord, you know, how, and I've heard um, Brother Gene and, and talk about this, how, you know, when he first came to the Lord, like asking for prayer, just answer, you know, talking to the Lord and just seeing things move and happen in those early stages of the Christian wall. And then after you get religionized for a while, you get institutionalized, you start to develop this like performance based walk with the Lord and things just get harder and becomes a burden, right? And this this place about staying in a place of dependence on the grace of God, that's a part of our our labor, laboring to enter in the rest, like Hebrews talks about, because that's our labor, is to enter in the rest and to stay there and not get pulled out into this place of self-will and, and self-determination because it, it is just a, it is a constant battle to stay in that place of dependence and Jesus says come to me all you who are weak and heavy burden you just keep starting over again come back to that rest but I think we struggle with what that rest look like we struggle with that because it's like going back to what she said the first time. I gotta be doing something. Well, we think the rest is lazy. Right, and I'm saying that too. So we have to find that balance because some people think rest is oh, and I've known believers. Well, I'm just gonna sit back and um, do nothing because God's gonna do it all. Which, in some cases, no. Because in this example, okay, you know. You're praying for a job, okay? And God ain't going to put an application in for you. <laughs> so you have to actually do an application, you know, and offer him to bring the job to manifestation, you know. But then there are those, then the other side is like, okay, I got to be doing something. I got to, you know, I got to be this, 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 this. So we don't know how to find that rest. And it goes back to, I think, what she said. Now you gotta rely on the Holy Spirit to show you what that rest is. Because you know, it doesn't look the same for everybody <clears throat> or for every situation. You know, some it does have similar elements. Sim like elements. the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. If we're working out a strength, it's gonna be a joy there mm -hmm. versus a, a labor. Right. And there's and I think of Paul in Philippians too and, and um, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, and then he goes on to 
to, to describe a little bit more of what it's going to look like um, in, in Philippians 4. And I think there's, there's going to be elements that we can find in everybody who's really at rest mm-hmm. as they're performing, <laughs> you know, as they're, they're walking with the Lord in, involved in life. Well, I mean, There's going to be those yeah. hard things. That's the thing. Well, I mean, my dear friend, like, hey, say both of us believe God for healing. He may tell you to meditate on this scripture. Mm-hmm. Every day. Meditate on So just those practical steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May, that's what he may lead you to do. Now, for me, he may tell me, okay, hey, I need for you to go take your physical therapy. Go there. So I'm saying it looks different yeah, for everybody. Yeah, that's but right. I'm I'm going to visit them, but I'm still resting in. But we get the same problem. But he said you meditate on that scripture. And we can both rest. We're both resting. They look different. Right, but they look different. Mm-hmm. So so that's what good. what you're both talking about is the fruit of the spirit and the action, the practical action steps. Right. You know they don't. There's no contradiction there. Right. Because my practice, the practical action action steps that that I'm being I'm led to take versus you may oftentimes be different, but the common denominator should be the fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. yeah. that peace that passes all understanding, right? Yeah. That's when, when you're in a place of rest, that's a place of peace. But when there's you know, turmoil, confusion, frustration, those things, the, the, the contradiction to the fruit of the Spirit, then that's when we know, okay, something is, something is out of whack. Where your dependence is mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your dependence is off is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And instead of you depending on what you know God will do with what you've already done. You've done your part. You know, you've done the work, you 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 know, you put action to it, but then you have to rely upon, you know, what he said in his word. You know, you, you give someone the the word and you're trying to help them come out of a situation through his word. You know, the rest comes in, I know what his word is going to do with that. Right. Instead of our, what we can do. You know, how much we can say. Mm-hmm. You know, how much we show. All that, you know, it comes from the rest part. I'm thinking is rest in what we know his, his, his word would do. Mm. When we share that word that's good. with others, mm-hmm. that's the that's where the rest comes in. That that's good, you know, because um, you you can't you can do everything in the in the in the physical, and and you can do so much in the physical, and not reach a person. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you when you give them the word of God, that's when you need to take rest because. That's what his word, you, you know what his word is going to do. You know, his word is what's powerful. His word is what moves people to do right. That's good. You know. Because that seed of the word is planted, exactly. right? And, and, and if I'm confident in that word, mm-hmm. what I'm doing is in, in the spirit realm, I'm putting pressure on that seed. Right? I'm, I'm keeping my faith out in the field. Right, yeah. and then and in that atmosphere, then what what can happen is somebody else could be drawn in to water that seed, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes a snowball effect. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's like Lord have mercy, what's going on? Mm-hmm. This woman told me about 
going to church and what Jesus it did. I ain't. I won't try to hear all that. But like every time I turn around, I'm hearing something about about Jesus and, and the Word and whatever and what was happening. That that seed is being watered, right? Right. So that atmosphere is being set for the will of God to, to manifest itself. So that's good. And I like how we're you know, like just looking at this stuff practically, right? All right. Now we talking about rest and the grace of God. All right. And I, I keep going back to the whole day example of the forty-five year old in your house eating up your food and stuff. <laughs> right. Now, the the word that I would want to deliver in that situation is, you know, if a man don't work, he don't eat. And what if he come back with come back at you with, well, the scripture says, "Wait on the Lord; He shall renew my your strength." Mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting on the Lord. The How do you respond? Faith and he, the terrorist said, "Wait outside the house." <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait! Faith without works is dead. Okay. Right, right, right. Because all is the word, right? Right. And that's the thing, when you hear that word like wait on the Lord, we're thinking sitting in a hammock, just just sleep, chilling, right? But as you know, if you look at the, the, the Greek and all that stuff, waiting is like it's a posture, just like a waiter is assigned to your table. They just, they, if they're a good waiter, they're not in the corner sleep. They're 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 attentive. They're 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 attentive. They're paying attention to what's going on at that table. So they see your your sprite or your coke getting low. They respond. Right. Like you want a refill on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that waiting is 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 active. It's not passive. You're not sleep. Doing nothing. Let's go to Galatians one. Galatians one. We're gonna start at verse six. verse 6 and 7. Now this is Paul, you know, talking to the church at Galatia, you know, and he's like correcting, you know, he's bringing correction to the, to that church because, you know, the, the what, who were referred to as the Judaizers, these folks were trying to get people, this, these, these folks under the law again, all right? All right, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified. All right, six and seven, it says, I'm astonished and extremely irritated that you are so quickly shifting your allegiance and deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different, even contrary gospel, which is really not another gospel. But there are obviously some people masquerading as teachers who are disturbing and confusing you with misleading and counterfeit teaching and want to distort the gospel of Christ, twisting it into something 
which is it is it absolutely is not. Translation was that? Amplified. Amplified. Mm-hmm. In the New Living Translation 6 and 7, it says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. So, we are saved by grace through faith. Not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. So, if we enter into salvation that way, shouldn't that be the place where we stay? If we want to bear fruit. But this is the issue. Judaizers say. It's good that you save. But now that you save. You really want to walk with the Lord. You need to do X, Y, Z. You need to get circumcised. You need to do your Sunday school quarterlies. You need to pay your tithes. You need to join the deacon board. You got to do visitation every second Saturday. Whatever. The list goes on and on. Right, all these works that you have to do if you want to get close to the Lord. Right now, are any of those things in and of themselves bad? No. No. But in order for them to be a a true work of faith instead of a dead work, I have to be doing it out of my dedication to the Lord, my love for him, instead of me trying to earn something. Because if I'm trying to earn something, then I am dishonoring the fullness of what Christ did. I'm rejecting the gift. I'm trying to turn it into a work. I'm trying to work for it instead of just receiving the gift. So before you said if you're doing something, if you're doing God's work, it's going to be energizing and not, you know, draining or whatever. But there's times when you're in the middle of doing God's work and it's like, oh, I'm so tired, you know? So what do you do in that case? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Are you talking about physically tired yeah right it could be physically it could be emotionally you know I think physically you're going because I mean if you you know you going you know you're doing something physically yeah it's nothing wrong but I think emotionally mentally you should be like always like okay you know praising God for what he's called you to do this and that but physically yeah you may have to take a break you may have to like Mm-hmm. Go on vacation, hey, mm-hmm. you know, to get away from things, to hustle, and then come back. There's nothing wrong with refreshing yourself because that's what we need that. We're human. Protect your peace. Yeah, you know, and you need that refreshing, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. just, you know, just to re energize, just to get away and say, hey, you know, because there's times where God let me, okay, you know, you're doing ministry and you, you, you're going for a while, and then sometimes He lets you know, okay, well, hey, take a break. You know, take a day off or take a week off, you know, just to refresh yourself and get your mind because 
you constantly on the go, and ministry is work. But you have to refresh yourself sometimes, take a break, and you know, just to re-energize yourself. Not that you're tired of what you're doing, but your body just, you may have to just relax. And sometimes when you're working, um, trying to get things accomplished, you know, in the ministry and stuff like that, you need to stay close to God in prayer as to what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. that way, um, you know, you, you know, sometimes when we do it on our own, mentally, it'll drain you, mm-hmm. you know, but when you are receiving from the Lord and what to do and how to go about doing it, it refreshes you and keeps you going, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and it's, not as say, tax, it's not taxing mm-hmm. upon you. I'd even say the idea of taking a break, make sure that you're doing it with the Lord. It can be entertaining or whatever, but do it with Him because I've just found that that's the key, is just taking the time with Him and and, and keeping Him in the midst of however that refreshing is coming. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's His presence that refreshes. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line, really. Because mm-hmm. I know there's been times when I couldn't stop and get the sleep I needed because of the, the next responsibility. And when you're caring for somebody, sometimes that does interfere with your conveniences. <laughs> but um, how well you know. <laughs> but, but I can always take a moment, whether it's going to the bathroom or whatever, and regroup with the Lord. And it's amazing how he supplies. Yes. It's amazing. It's like what Jesus said with the woman at the well. He was already tired and depleted, and they were bringing food to him to try and help him out on that physically. But by the time they came, he'd already met with her. He was already walking in the spirit of, of his father, ministering to another person, and it just grabbed him again. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see times where Jesus got away from his disciples? Yes. I mean, he was praying, but you know, I mean, mm-hmm. but he got away from, and he, he got away slept. from the people. <laughs> yeah, he slept. He yeah, got he away from, normal. he got away from the people. It was <laughs> like, sense. okay, let me go, this, you know, I'll be back. Let me go and refresh, you know, because yeah. ministry is where, you know, like I said, it can be draining. It's, it's draining. And then sometimes, and then sometimes, you know, example, if, you know, maybe you're frustrated about, okay, God, what's the next move? Then, that refreshing, you get away, he take your next step. Mm. And don't you forget, know? even Jesus prayed. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's nothing wrong with physically getting away because you, you know, you're human. Your body, you get tired and stuff like yeah. that. So you have to rest and say, okay, hey, yeah. get away. And just... I like what Mary said because it's like, that's what I was talking about. Like, you're in the middle of doing something. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're like, ugh. And caffeine just won't cut it anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and you're just like exhausted, and you, you know, and then you start feeling, well, I do. Sometimes I'll almost get resentful, you know what I mean? Like, oh, why do I have to keep helping, <laughs> you know? And then, but it, if you go and just like pray and recharge, just that like can what help you, you did at the, at the, um, with my brother and, yeah, yeah. The, the ashes. Ceremony, right? We those few days, yeah. You did, you, you got away and recharged with the Lord, and yeah, it just took the prayer. It does, it's not necessarily like you're having a Bible study and 
you know, doing something really intense. It's just breathing with him again. Right. Just and turning it over and realizing yeah. that, especially when things are in chaos, that, I mean, it's very obvious that it's only the power of the Lord that can turn it around. So in a case like that, like, do you feel like, um, have you ever, you know, tried to analyze, you know, am I really doing God's will? Is that part of the reason why I'm getting tired? Or, you know, I'm ready to put this into someone else's hands, you know, kind of thing, because we're not depending on the guidance of God, um, you know, which, you know, um, helps us to do it the right way and, and, and be successful with it, you know? Yeah, but I mean, you know, even in the midst of that, there were times, there's times where people even walking with the Lord, you're going to get discouraged, you're going to get mm -hmm. tired, you're going to feel defeated. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul, I'm right. sure in getting beaten and chained and, you know, in the jail and all of that, I mean, he had his moments, yes. Then he rebounded and he said he's singing hymns in the jail, which, I mean, that took a lot. But... You know, I'm just saying, like, in the process of just being human, there's times where you just overwhelm with life, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Overwhelmed yeah. with emotions, overwhelmed with, yeah. you know, <laughs> relationships, you know? It can just feel like, oh, you know, all these people, like, wanting a piece of you or, you know, feeling pulled, you know, in different directions, so. That's right. Because you're dealing with people, a lot of people, when you're dealing with the well, when you're dealing with a lot of people or different people from different um, walks of life, um, you you're gonna get that pull mm -hmm. and yanking and some fists falling <laughs> and throwing. You, you know, because you drive a bus. I do. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and I like this because you know we're talking about the practicalities. Right. Like how this really plays itself out, mm -hmm. because the reality is life will test you. Mm -hmm. Right. Life will test you. But regardless of how how many fiery darts come, how much adversity comes, there is a refreshing. Mm -hmm. There is an energizing that's available to us because I'm looking at I'm looking at Matthew 11. Now, you after the temptation of Jesus. In verse 11, it says, after, you know, Jesus rebukes him with the word three times after the three attacks, three temptations. Verse 11 says, then the devil left him and angels came and ministered to him, bringing him food and serving him. Mm -hmm. so you talking about, so there's a, there's a practical refreshment mm -hmm. and a spiritual one. So we saw the spiritual one in, in John 4. But there's a, a practical refreshing of this physical body because this physical body will get tired, right? And God is good enough that he will supply both replenishment in both areas, right? And that's the God we serve. So all those practical things getting away from all the noise, getting away from stuff and just kind of just relaxing and enjoying. You know, and it ain't just praying in tongues for two or three hours. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes that might be the case. Mm -hmm. But it might might for you to go fishing and take your devotional out there on the pier. Mm -hmm. Just to enjoy some fishing, stuff like that. Right? So it's not it's not always just just religious or you know, replenishment. Mm -hmm. Right? But the Lord knows you and how to refill your cup. It's just like you you were saying about Paul, shucks. Ain't, ain't nothing good about getting whipped, mm -hmm. getting stoned, mm -hmm. shipwrecked, mm -hmm. left for dead, right? It's so bad he had to get left down. He had to get let down by a basket in one case, right? I'm pretty sure it was frustrating trying to reach your own people. Mm. You know, because like, well, he's out to beseech you. Yeah, he's out to beseech you, brother. And he's kind of like, look. sometimes when I read the Gospels how baffled the disciples are you know like who brought them food you know like they, they're, they're just like what do you mean you showed us where the father was what what you know like because he was presenting something that was so new and so you know never had they were so like letter of the law and you know, he was speaking in a way that was beyond, you know. I, I, I just think of that sometimes. Like, they must have been like, what? Yeah. Because, you, you know, just thinking about the difference between the, the, the natural and the spiritual, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. think, think about it. You, you go leave. You gonna you gonna go get Jesus a fish sandwich? He looked tired. <laughs> I gotta give him a fish sandwich from Gatorade. I gotta look, look, look out for my man's because he looked tired. And then you come back, you go get you go get the food, you come back, and he looked like, you know, like somebody already done fed him. He looked rested and energized. Like, what happened? What happened? See, that spiritual refreshing, it, it, it manifested himself in, in, in the, what they could physically see with their eyes, but they didn't know they're connecting it with the fish sandwich, the, the physical needs being met. Right, so it's just this, this, this understanding that man lives, man doesn't live by bread alone. All right, but now the scripture didn't say man lives by no bread. See, this is where we can get dumb deep, where we think that that you know we could just neglect natural needs altogether, and that's not we we not we not there yet. We still have natural physical bodies that need to get taken care of. But just to but just to always remember that the spirit man is it comes first. When those needs are met, then we you know that's that's what truly sustains us. So we can actually 
take care of those natural needs in a way that's led by the Spirit and not vice versa, trying to fulfill spiritual needs with natural means. Because like I said, you, you mentioned that um, earlier about being, I know people who have been burnt out. Uh-huh. Just by what you're talking about, they just, they, they just keep going and going, and, you know, even though they frustrate and they feel, you know, compelled, okay, I have to keep going, I gotta do this, so I gotta be here tonight, you know, I can't take a break, even though the Holy Spirit may be telling you, okay, you need to take a break, but they feel, that's when we're talking about performance-based. I gotta be here, I gotta make every service, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, and this and that. And so therefore you get burnt out, and then in some cases your body shut down. You know, sometimes your mind can be so, because you just not realize, like you said, you gotta take care of the physical also. where the Lord leads us and and um, we're, we're called to follow him and sometimes we want to take over and be the lead dancer and drag him along with us and it doesn't go well <laughs> that's good alright let's go to Romans 5 Romans 5 and we'll go to verse 15 Romans. Mm-hmm. Romans 5. And we're going to look, we're going to read verses 15 to 17. In the New Living Translation, it reads like this. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through the, this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. See, even reading that, I think I read that when understanding grace, I didn't didn't dawn on me that righteousness was a gift. Now, I heard preach a lot that forgiveness was a gift. And you know, and I could receive that, but righteousness is a gift. I've been made righteous. And so even when I miss the mark, I'm still righteous. Because mm-hmm. my spirit has been made right, my spirit man. Not my soul and my body, but my spirit man. And so when I read that, I was like, okay, so righteousness is a gift. You know, so, but if you just leave it at forgiveness, it's like, okay, I know I'm forgiven. That's good. That's real good. I know I'm forgiven. But mm-hmm. for me, I know when I was doing it, okay, I thought I was forgiven until I messed up. 
So then I gotta, you know, go back to repent. And then, okay, slate white clean. And then I mess up. Okay, I'm right back where I started. But when I understand, okay, even when I mess up, my righteousness don't change. My standard with him don't change. That changes the dynamic. It's like, okay, I'm still righteous. Mm -hmm. You see, with that revelation, it allows you to, to develop an immunity to the Judaizers, to that works righteousness mindset. When you understand your right standing mm -hmm. is a gift also. The, the forgiveness is a gift. Mm -hmm. The forgiveness of sin is a gift. And that gift of righteousness, mm -hmm. that's a gift as well. When you receive that, then there's nothing more you have to do. They, they, I don't. I don't. There's nothing for me to do, but to receive and to walk in it. Because I can't send it away. I can't. You know. I can't lose it. It's mine because He gave it to me as a gift. I don't have to check all these boxes in order to 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 maintain it or earn it. It's mine because it's a gift. The same time he gave me the forgiveness, he gave me the righteousness as well. It's all in the same package. And even with that, you know, holiness is a gift. I don't have to become holy. No, I've been made holy by who's in me. So, you know, but you, you're trained, okay, yeah, you have to. In order to be holy, you got to do X, Y, Z, you got to do this. And you got, now, when you believe you're holy, there's going to be fruits, and you're going to do X, Y, and Z. But it starts with knowing who you are. I think we spend a lot of time talking about identity. So who do you identify? And we, he just read, um, I think I ministered one time, which man do you identify with? The first half or the second half? Mm -hmm. Because once you become born again, I no longer identify with the first half. That's right. Identify with the second. Which is, you know, I've been made righteous, I've been made holy. I've been forgiven, past, present, and future. Right. You know, the fruits of the Spirit. I got all that love, joy, peace. Even though I don't see it manifested, but I possess it. Mm. Now all I have to do is just allow the Holy Spirit to teach me how to walk it out. But I possess all of that the moment I got Jesus because with Him came everything. That's great. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just, the way I'm, I'm looking at the Scripture is just jumping out. Going back to verse 17, it says, For this this sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful gift, it, it, God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, comma. Now look at this last part. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the, the, the key to triumph over sin and death is what? Receiving. Receiving. Receiving that gift of righteousness. That's the key. That's right. Because if I stay on that hamster wheel of works, I'm going to continue to, to fail. I'm going to get up, do good for a little while, fall again, hit the wall. Mm -hmm. Then I got to crawl back up. And then, and then I, I, I sound like Paul did in Romans 7. Oh, sinful man, oh, wretched man that I am. Just continuing to fall because I'm 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 resting in my own strength to make me and keep me righteous. Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to earn something that is mine as a gift. Mm-hmm. And it's going to leave me falling on my face every time. But if I receive it, those who receive the gift will live in triumph over sin and death. social media family well we thank you once again for joining us for another Karis Bible study here in Virginia Beach and we look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks on Lesson 6 so